My name's William Marler. I'm 23 years old, I'm an animator, I do stand-up comedy, and I have cystic fibrosis. In this podcast, I'll be helping share real stories from real people affected by CF. I literally had no idea you were dealing with all of this. I wasn't really considered someone to have that much wrong with them. It's hard to explain to somebody how terrifying it is sometimes. I always thought that it was a death sentence. They spread rumors that you have AIDS. You just wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. My mom said she cried for about three days. I thought I had a strong understanding and it turns out I knew like just about nothing about the reality of it. I feel like as a group we have like a more positive outlook on things. I think it's actually given me a reason to use my voice in a really positive way. I love that I can say that I pursued my dream against all the odds. I feel like we're all we're all in this together whether we like it or not. Hi, I'm Rue. Hi, my name is Pearl. Hi, my name is Charles Michael Duke. I have cystic fibrosis. And I'm coming to you straight from the lungs. Straight from the lungs. Straight from the lungs. Over the next 14 episodes, I'm going to be exploring the complex world of cystic fibrosis, from the initial diagnosis and treatment of it, to going to school, getting a job, and even falling in love. You'll hear from the experts of CF, the people living with it every day and their friends and family, as well as the people who dedicate their lives to researching it and treating it. It's not always going to be pretty, but it will give you a chance to meet some amazing people living extraordinary lives. Before all of that though, there may be some of you wondering, what even is cystic fibrosis? I thought I'd start by seeing what the general public already knew about CF. What is cystic fibrosis? It's a blood disease, I believe. With your legs, where your legs start giving in and you're holding onto the walking stick. They told me I had that when I was little, and I don't. What is cystic fibrosis? I have a very limited understanding of what the details of cystic fibrosis is. I've heard of it, but I don't really know much about it. Uh, I've heard of it, and I always get it mixed up with cerebral palsy. So is it spinal cord or cystic fibrosis? I can't see what it is now. It done me. Would you be able to tell that I had cystic fibrosis? No, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. Quite a mixed bag of answers, to say the least. I should say, there were some people who had a very basic understanding of CF, but the majority of people didn't really have a clue. So instead... Let's find out what cystic fibrosis is from an expert. Dr. Jayesh Bat is a respiratory consultant at Nottingham Children's Hospital. Cystic fibrosis is an inherited condition, so it is a genetic condition whereby the body doesn't produce a protein which is acquired to transport salts across different cell surfaces. That is essential to make the cells work properly in different parts of the body. Because it is an inherited condition, the child who has got cystic fibrosis needs to have inherited two faulty copies of the genes from each of the parents. It affects a lot of organ systems, um, but uh, commonly it is uh, inability to digest food and problems with uh, thick and sticky mucus in the lungs and, and clearing that. You would then need help with digesting your food, you would need treatments to help that. And then especially with the lungs, because you've got the thick and the sticky mucus, you're prone to develop infections on the lungs, uh, which then causes damage to the lungs. So you need to treat the infections early and also do other things to try and clear the thick, sticky mucus. And by the things I mean physiotherapy. 
cystic fibrosis impacts on bone health, hormonal problems, and ability to have children, liver disease. And I think the term I would use is life-limiting. And clearly, a lot of people do require inordinate amount of treatment, a lot of treatment. Uh, that's no taking away from that. There isn't a cure for this condition as yet. Uh, but um, the outlook for people with cystic fibrosis, especially people born now, is ever-increasing, um, even with all the treatments that we've been doing so far. And there are some new exciting treatments coming around. <laughs> Only 0.002% of the UK population have CF, which makes observational comedy about CF absolutely impossible to see. <laughs> <laughs> The cystic fibrosis journey starts when you receive the diagnosis. Although some people are diagnosed with CF later on in life, the news is usually given to parents of babies or young children, like Kirsty. It felt like the world had crumbled, if I'm honest. It was hard. I felt like the world had imploded on me. We'd got this beautiful little newborn baby, and then this happened. Jacoby was diagnosed, and it just felt like, why us? Why is this all happening to us? And I did go through a big period of life's not fair. This is not fair. Look at this tiny, helpless little newborn. This is not fair. This shouldn't be happening to him. I came to a point where I could just see what he was going to miss in life. I thought, oh, he's not going to be able to go to soft play or be around other kids if they're poorly. Or I saw everything that would be bad, basically. That was one of my biggest things was that I said to my friend, and I can remember this vividly, you know what really scares me is that I will look at him and I will just see CF. I don't want to do that with my child. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I got it into my head. What if that's all I see when I look at him is all I think about is CF as he's growing up. I just keep thinking, yeah, but he's got cystic fibrosis. Yeah, but he's got cystic fibrosis. And in reality, that is not the case even slightly, not even slightly. After Jacoby was born, Kirsty and her husband decided to have another child. Willow was also diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, but this time, after the initial period of shock was over, they felt they could help them both live normal lives. Even on days where they have been quite poorly, they still want to watch TV. They still want to play their favourite games. It's not that they're just sitting there going, I have CF, I have CF. They're still children. They're still people. They still have personalities. And that's the important bit. And that's the bit that matters. It is scary and it is a huge thing, but it will be okay. You will find your feet with it and your kids will just be kids like everybody else. It's just that their needs are slightly different to what other kids' needs are. Let them focus on them being kids and that the CF is just a small part of them and it doesn't always feel so overwhelming and uncontrollable. When you're told that you or your child has cystic fibrosis, it can turn your whole life upside down. Emotionally, it's obviously draining, but there's also a whole new lifestyle to get used to. There are lots of ways that CF is treated and managed, and although it's a lot to get used to at first, over time it will just become routine. For example, at least three times a week, I'll start the day by going for a run, which gets my body working and helps to clear my lungs. Then, I have a large portion of cereal because we need more calories than the average person. Whenever I eat, I need enzyme tablets called Creon to help my food go down. 
I also have lots of other tablets like vitamins and calcium supplements. Next up is my pet mask, which is a form of physiotherapy to help clear my lungs even more. <coughs> Apart from having a high calorie lunch and maybe going for a walk, I can spend the afternoon working just like anybody else. So I only have to worry about people not replying to my emails. Then in the evening, after a high calorie dinner, I'll do my pet mask again, along with some nebulizers, which are just inhaled medicine. That means physio at night takes longer than physio in the morning, so I find it important to keep myself entertained, usually with one of my favourite podcasts. I'm Christopher Slight, and this is Mountain. Finally, even more so than everyone else, we need to make sure to get a decent amount of sleep, ready to start it all over again the next day. Some of those things, like Creon tablets to help food go down and physiotherapy and exercise to help open up the lungs, are fairly standard for most cystic fibrosis patients. However, CF affects different people in different ways, so everyone's routine will be unique to them. I started doing yoga once I couldn't do hard workouts like weightlifting and doing squats and all things like that. Currently I do the pep mask with like some AD breaths. It's basically just like controlled breathing, so all the way in, all the way out. It does tend to change quite regularly depending on how well I am or how productive I am. My stomach isn't affected in the, in the normal way that some people with CF it is. I don't put weight on as easily, but you know, I don't have to take the enzymes. So I could just go to sleep and be attached to this machine, like an IV drip, but a milk Trip. My main focus now and has been probably for four or five years is biking. At the moment I do a thing called seven minute workout and that's just a series of exercises and then go on to do my promixin which is what I've been told basically just tries to kill off anything that I haven't managed to get whilst doing physio. In the morning Jacoby gets up, has his vitamins, his creons and then he'll have his breakfast then he'll do his nebula. Whereas Willow, on the other hand, she gets up, she has one Creon because she has to have a high calorie snack, but she also has inhalers in the morning, whereas Kobe doesn't have that. It can be an incredible challenge sometimes to juggle all the different treatments in a cystic fibrosis routine. If they're started as early as possible and complied with strictly though, many people with CF can achieve incredible things. Exercise is a huge part of Nick's life, and in 2016, he took that one step further. My way of giving back to CF used to be by being a guinea pig on drugs trials. Once I went on to a new drug a few years ago, I could no longer do that. So I was looking for something different to do, and I thought, okay, well, the biggest, stupidest thing out there is Everest, so why not have a go at that? I've got enough experience, don't know whether I can do it. And my first expedition there was back in 2014. Nick's first attempt to climb Mount Everest was stopped by what was then the mountain's biggest ever natural disaster. He was unharmed, but on his second attempt in 2015, he wasn't so lucky, as an even bigger natural disaster occurred. Nepal was hit by an earthquake, and Nick was hit by an avalanche. I saw this 300 metre high wall of snow and ice coming towards me at what was around 200 miles an hour. I decided to run in the opposite direction because that was moving towards lower ground. So I was smashed into the ground and I got back up and was smashed into the ground again. Got back up because my main fear was being suffocated by the avalanche. The air started to clear, it's no longer as white. The whole camp had actually spread out over 500 metres because of the effect of essentially the blast from the ice. 
that had fallen off the glacier. It was a pretty painful time because I had a broken rib and some cracked ribs, starting to get fluid on one of my lungs. Uh, I think I had a broken thumb, although I didn't realise that afterwards. Every move was agonising, essentially. And eventually I got down to Kathmandu and covered in dirt and blood, in pain. No money, no credit cards, because all that's on the mountain. And then for the first time in my life at 39 years of age, I called my parents and said, Mum, Dad, I need some money. <laughs> and thankfully they were quite keen to help me out that point. Nearly dying in an avalanche wasn't going to stop him though, and Nick set out again in 2016. He kept going because he says that despite having CF, he feels very lucky with his health. I mean, one of the things that partly motivated me in training and also on the mountain was, you know, every step's really difficult. You're taking a few breaths for every step, even when you're on oxygen. One of the things that, that I just thought, which I think is horrendous, but it's a fact, is that there are many people with CF that are so badly affected that every day when they get out of bed and they're going up the stairs or they're going up a hill nearby them, you know, up the street or whatever, it's really difficult in terms of breathing, the movement. You know, that I found that a huge motivator in terms of trying to get the most from, from my own experience of life and also a driver in terms of all of us need to try and make a small effort to do what we can to try and raise more money for it so we can cure this horrible disease. And finally on his third attempt and after climbing for seven days and raising a hundred thousand pounds for the Cystic Fibrosis Trust, Nick Talbot became the first person with cystic fibrosis to reach the top of Mount Everest. But we got to the top and there was just the two of us and it was amazing. Really high winds, but you could sit down just out of them. It was phenomenal. All these mountains that you normally look up at, you look down at. And I just felt so relieved, happy. It just felt amazing to be there. It felt really good to sit down as well, actually, because I was so knackered by that point. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my whole life. And myself and Pem spent about 15 minutes at the top by ourselves before the rest of the team joined us. And then we had another 15 minutes up there. So half an hour up there on top of Everest. And I never expected there to be just myself and a friend up there by ourselves for 15 minutes. It was just a, an amazing, incredible experience that I'll never forget. Kind of leaves a little bit of a void in your life as well, because you kind of think, okay, well, what next? <laughs> Climbing Mount Everest is obviously a monumental achievement, but now cystic fibrosis is no longer considered a childhood illness. It's just as amazing that many people with CF are now able to live normal lives like having jobs and getting married. Katie has CF and is pursuing her dream of being an actor. And it's like very physically demanding being an actor, which is part of the reason why I got into it, was because I felt like I was really doing something with my body. It wasn't just this diseased thing. It was actually an instrument that I could learn how to use and that I could take action with because I think theater especially has this wonderful gift of being able to connect to audiences and tell stories and create empathy about situations, about culture and times in people's lives. And I really loved having that direct connection with the audience. You know, I felt like I could do something that was meaningful. And that was something that I was good at and I could get better at. And that's that's part of the thing that I really love about acting is there's always something I don't know and there's always more I can discover. Selfishly, I think it's a way for me 
to have more lives in one because as an actor I get to take on these characters and experience different facets of life that I as Katie Osborne have never experienced but I can go into these roles and develop an understanding and um, take action in these other things it's almost like packing more lives into like one life (laughs) And I think having cystic fibrosis helps me as an actor because having CF, you kind of have to grow up a little more quickly. You have a deeper understanding of life itself because you're faced with this reality that, well, your life could be shorter or when you're really sick, like you're just in that situation of being sick and it's hard sometimes to get outside of that place mentally. And I feel like when you have CF, like, you have to make these big emotional and mental leaps at a very young age. And because I have, like, the understanding of that, I think it really aids me as an actor into, like, being able to empathize and understand other lives or other aspects of life. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I remember this day once. It was at a music gig, and everything happened. First base, second base third bass, fourth bass. I thought to myself, why has this band got so many bass players? <laughs> you only have so much time to live, so why not yell at the cute boy and ask him for his number and see if it'll work? That's Veronica. She's 22 and has CF. The cute boy is Kenny, her husband. We actually met um, on a beach. I, I catcalled him and yelled at him and asked him for his number. All of my friends were like, yeah, no, she's, you're not going to do it. That's why we're not very concerned about how much you're freaking out at the moment. And then him and his friends walked past me and I yelled as loud as I could. I think in part I did it because my friends told me that I couldn't because I'm very stubborn and I refuse to let people tell me that what I, what I can or cannot do. <laughs> It's the greatest thing I think I've ever done. He's so sweet and he's so helpful with my CF. And um, whenever I fall into one of those ruts where I just don't want to do my medicine and I don't, I just want to pretend like I don't have it CF, which I, I think might happen to everybody. He's always right there to be like, okay, fine. Yeah, you know, you're a healthy person. You, you're totally healthy. But he also you know, you're healthy and you're, you're normal, I think is another problem that a lot of people with CF feel have where they don't feel like quote unquote normal. He does a great job at helping me feel normal as I can being as weird as I am, but also keeping me on track and keeping me doing my medicine. That's one thing I've learned. People with CF, the biggest thing they want is to live a normal life. So help them live a normal life. Don't look at their CF as a crutch. And while making someone feel normal is important, as Veronica says, sometimes you need to give them a hand. Whenever we first met, she didn't like to take her medicine. And like, I didn't think nothing of it really at first because like, well, she knows her body, she knows what she needs to do. But then whenever she went in the hospital and I saw how bad it actually was with her, pretty much from that day on, like, I just start hounding her to take her medicine every day, making sure she was taking the right dosage, like not skipping out on anything. And also, whenever we first started dating, like I was smoking about two packs a day of cigarettes. I just quit for her so that I wouldn't be around her smoking and all that. We met and were married within two and a half months. 
after our first date, which was 13 hours long, I was like, yep, that's it. He's the one. I'm, I'm done. Sometimes I think that he is definitely stronger than I am because, yeah, we're experiencing it and, you know, we feel the actual physical pain, but our, our loved ones have to sit there and watch us be in pain or be sick or have, you know, no control of our emotions because everything hurts sometimes. And they, there's nothing that they can do about it except be there and, and hold our hands and, and watch us go through it ourselves, which I applaud anybody who, who loves someone with CF or um, cares about somebody with CF. They're, they have their struggles as well as us. I think that they deserve just as many pats on the back as, as we do. Cystic fibrosis is incredibly complex and everyone's situation is different. Generally speaking, if you treat it every day with medicine, physiotherapy and exercise, it can be managed. Unfortunately, that's not true for everybody as many patients see their health decline without any real possibility of getting better. There's still hope though, because through organ transplants, some people can literally be given the gift of life. Hi, my name is Jerry Cahill. I'm 61 years old with cystic fibrosis. Jerry is nearly 25 years older than the current life expectancy and has been able to reach that age partly due to receiving a double lung transplant six years ago. Although Jerry's very healthy now, when he was first listed, he was at something called end-stage. Well, end-stage cystic fibrosis means that, you know, you get to a point with CF that the only thing that's going to save your life, basically, is a transplant. If you're sick all the time and if you're resistant to all the medications and your lung functions are dropping from the 40s to the 30s to the 20s, well, it's time for a transplant. And if you don't get a transplant, well, you're, you may not make it. You know, CF is a progressive disease. So my lung functions then started to drop and I was getting sicker and sicker. And then the doctors thought it was time for me to be kind of activated again. And, and I kind of held off a little bit and I said, no, I'm going to exercise more. And I used to exercise with oxygen. But I was just relentless about trying to stay healthy because getting a transplant isn't the be all end all cure. They finally said, well, you know, that's it. You really have to be activated. So I was activated for a transplant. I was activated for almost two years before I got the transplant. Because more people need organ transplants than are donating their organs, some people sit on the transplant list for years. Even when it seems like a perfect match has finally been found, it can be a false alarm. Jerry had six false alarms in total, but one day he was called for the final time. Got my last call, uh, but I was a pro at it then. I'd be like, okay, I'm coming in, but I never thought you know, it was going to be the real deal. So on April 17th, I was called in to the hospital in uh, 2012, and I received uh, my double lung transplant uh, gift on April 18th, 2012. Jerry's lung function before his transplant dropped to 18% at one point, and six years after he received his new lungs, his numbers are often 100 and above. Everybody should value life and you value it with CF because it's difficult. But after a transplant, you value it even more, at least I do. This is a, an act of unconditional love. They didn't have to donate the organs. But because they did, I mean, I don't know how much longer I would have lasted. I mean, I'm just very appreciative and 
thankful and um, I'm here today because of my donor and his family. So many people with cystic fibrosis manage to live a normal life, and for those not so lucky, organ transplants can turn people's lives around. However, there's still no cure, and the life expectancy is currently in the 40s. Although it's no longer considered a childhood illness, we still lose many incredible souls to CF. At the start of 2018, the world lost 11-year-old Elle, probably the most incredible of souls. Here's Becky, Elle's mum. It was hard because that's not the ending that we wanted or we expected or I know for a fact that Elle didn't want. She was ready to fight this right till the end and she was such a strong believer that she was going to. We all did and it just didn't happen and that was it. They had a funeral three weeks later. Took her home. The last words were she just wanted to go home and she just wanted a cup of tea. They wouldn't let her drink anything for two days, but she got a cup of tea and she got to go home. She came home for two weeks before the funeral and with me in a laid to rest in a casket in the conservatory where it's really cold and we set it all up really nice with loads of flowers in. So she got to come home and spend the last few days here before she was put to rest. I think regardless of whether Elle survived or passed, I think we would have wanted to carry on researching and raising awareness. I think probably if Elle survived it, then she'd want to do it. But because she's not here, I'm doing it for her. Until I take my last breath, she's going to be there constantly in, in my mind's eye until I join her. The amount of people that she's brought inspiration to, the amount is just outstanding because the people that talk to me about their children and they've been in the hospital and they've gone for a needle and said, well, Elle had lots of things to do to her body so I can have this blood test to parents that would never sign their children up to organ donation and because of Elle they have and themselves to people that have got CF that have Elle's been an inspiration to, to staff at the NHS that think that she's been an amazing patient and just across the board with everybody from young children to old, old grandparents. She's touched a lot of people's hearts, so yeah, I'm proud. She certainly lived a lot more than what people live in a normal lifetime and I'd do it all over again just to have met her and been with her and just just the pride of being a mum. She was amazing. I just think what an inspirational, brave little warrior that she was and when you have a bad day or you think the world's against you, just think about Elle and how she got on with it and she had everything against her but she still embraced life and enjoyed it and regardless of your situation or what you're in, just appreciate life and live every day like it should last. What is cystic fibrosis? We've heard what it means to the general public and to a medical expert, but what does it really mean? 
there are lots of things that, that people with CF can do. Uh, there are lots of horror stories out there. And a lot of those are true, but it, it doesn't mean that you should treat someone with CF any differently to the way that you treat anyone else. And there's a lot of hope out there too. With CF, you can look so normal on the outside, whereas the inside, you don't know. The future is a scary place. It's scary because it's unknown. My biggest worry is cystic fibrosis because my family depends on me, my kids depend on me. I was always really afraid to become friends with somebody who had the same illness that I did and then watch them pass away. But I think it makes you really appreciate what you have when you have it. If you took CF away from me, I'd be pretty happy. At the same time, I wouldn't be who I am today. I see so many people struggling every day with it, so just the fact that I can get up out of bed, if I am a bit moany or tired, I still take a breath and go, no, look, I'm lucky. It sounds like a cliche, but it's true. We know how to be unwell, but also how to carry on fighting that and living. You can get over the hurdles or go around them, under them, through them, to make CF fit into your life rather than you fitting around the CF. I like the fact that people look at me and go, yeah, my kid's got CF, but this guy's got CF and he's not letting that stop him. And so why should I think that CF is going to stop my kid? Do you know what I mean? For the last two decades, really, I've been pushing myself to do the best I can to appreciate every day I get. I have cystic fibrosis, but cystic fibrosis doesn't have me. Straight from the Lungs is produced by me, William Marler, and recorded at Birmingham City University. Thank you to Kirsty, Nick, Katie, Veronica and Kenny, Jerry, Charles, Beth, Shiborn, Brittany, Ben, Declan, Martine, Andy, Tom, Dr. Jayesh Bat, and all the members of the public who told me what they knew about CF. Special thanks to Becky for being so open and honest about Elle. Thanks to Christopher Slight for letting me use the intro to Mountain in this episode, and also to Sam Lewis for his keen ear and ever helpful advice. The beautiful music you heard was by Ben Weatherill. This is only the first episode, so make sure to keep in touch by heading over to our website, lungspodcast.co.uk, where you can also find extra breaths from me and my guests, which is all the bits that didn't make it into the main episode, and illustrations by Vicky Neville. In the next episode, we're going to take a closer look at where the cystic fibrosis journey begins. Diagnosis. Until then, thanks for listening.